You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'm excited to share this conversation that I got to have with one of our Flip Sisters, so one of the members of our coaching program and community. Her name's Amy. She's in North Carolina, and I love the way she is combining her businesses and just being super smart about things. Something I preach over and over again is please, 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 whether you are buying a house to live in or buying a house to flip and sell or buying a house to flip and rent, always buy a property you can add value to. Live in a house that you are updating, all right? Slow flip that puppy because you are missing out on an amazing wealth building opportunity if you're buying a house that's already been done, all right? If you're buying a house that you cannot add value to, okay? So regardless of the end use of the property, do yourself a huge financial favor and buy a property you can add value to. Cool? Okay. Now that that's out of the way. So that is what Amy's doing, right? So in this episode, we're going to talk about a couple of her slow flips. So that's what I call live in flips. I call them slow flip. And we're going to talk about those. And we're also going to talk about how she is helping her real estate clients. So she's also a real estate agent and she's helping her clients buy investment properties and flip them and turn them into really nice rentals and helping them build wealth that way. So she also has a staging company and she's just got her hands. Oh, and a property management company. (laughs) She has all these little businesses that work perfectly in combination with each other. And she's just doing it. She's just doing it. So excited to talk to her about her journey and share her story with you. All right, here we go. Okay, awesome. So how about we start with you introducing yourself, letting us know where you are, a little bit about you and what you are up to in the world and all your busyness. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Amy Frazier. I am located just North of Charlotte in the Cornelius Davidson area of North Carolina. We often call it Lake Norman, North Carolina. So there's this big lake just North of Charlotte and it's basically residential all the way around it. So that's where we live, work and play. And, uh, yeah, so I've been in real estate for about eight years now. Um, previous life, I worked in higher ed as a career counselor and, uh, that was fun. But uh, there's definitely a glass ceiling there that you can't break. So uh, when I was uh, transitioning to back to North Carolina, because I've lived um, in a couple different places, I had the opportunity to kind of start something new. And I had taken the real estate course when I was 18 with my dad. And at the time, I wasn't serious about 
real estate, you know, I was going to a four-year school. And so that was just something I didn't really need. I was interested, but I wasn't focused. And so um, I guess a little over eight years ago now, I took the real estate course and I loved it. And uh, so I started on this journey, uh, starting as just a real estate broker here in North Carolina. And at the same time, I started a staging company with hopes that that might help leverage my real estate business, or at least give me the opportunity to get in more houses by partnering with other real estate brokers. And so that has really morphed and taken all kinds of you know turns and dips and all that in the past uh, eight years, but it's been a fun journey. So um, now we own a real estate firm, we own a property management company, and we do uh, flips and we also do buy and holds. Most of ours are buy and holds. And we've really found that we really enjoy the design aspect. Um, the project management piece we're really good at. And um, we're able to really stay in our, our little micro uh, suburb towns and not have to go outside because we are running multiple different companies. So it's easier if we can just stay in a really small radius. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot going on. Um, that's awesome. And the, the, the beauty is that they all feed into each other. So it's super smart. They really do. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's talk about how you have been investing. And I think it's really important mm-hmm. because I think regardless of what kind of property we buy, we should be buying a property that we can add value to. And oh, you've, yeah, you guys have really nailed the live-in flip right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how, how many of those have you guys done? Uh, we've done four of those now. Okay. Okay. And let's walk through the most recent one. So you've got, well, I guess you have two recent ones. Were, were those renovating at the same time being renovated yes. at the same time? They were. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So you just sold a house that you lived in for a year, you updated and mm-hmm. you're moving into another house that you renovated. And that's what you're going to, that's where you're going to live for a little bit. Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about how let's talk about the deal. Like, let's talk about yeah. how you found this most recent house that you lived in that y'all did the live in flip and mm-hmm what the numbers were and how that looked and what that was like living through a space that you're renovating and all of that. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think even before that, just as sort of an aside, you know, like, I don't think I ever, I unconsciously, I think have been doing this for much longer with every property that I've owned, you know, owned seven houses in 11 years and every one of them, I put my personal spin on. And, you know, when you're first starting out, you just start thinking about like, Oh, I can do paint and hardware. And then as you get more confident and sort of flex that muscle that you're always working to build, you see that you can actually accomplish a whole lot more. So, uh, yes, these last two have been our, our biggest two of our biggest for sure. But, um, so the property that we call the hidden garden house, we bought, uh, we actually made our offer on the 4th of July weekend. Uh, and, uh, it was one of those that had just been on the market. And let me also say as a real estate broker, you know, all our deals are basically through the MLS, which I know is a bit unconventional. Um, but again, we're in a really small market that we work. I know that market really well. I can pretty much see a deal, even if it is on the MLS, I, I really have kind of gotten pretty good at that. So this was a property that we call um, brown and beige. We call it the yellow grandma house in the sense that it was like OG from the early nineties, <laughs> you know, one owner, uh-huh. you know, meticulously maintained, right. Awesome. But was definitely OG and needed some love. And, you know, we 
I think all of us live in places where everyone wants HGTV perfect. Right. And this definitely didn't. And the worst offense in there was this oak cabinet kitchen with these horrible um, backsplash. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to forget that in your mind. It kind of emblazes in your brain and never goes away. And it was just horrible. And I knew that's why it wasn't um, selling. And it only been on the market like six days, right? And in today's market, you think that's a really long time. But um, so yeah, so we've purchased that um, for 385, which it was listed at 400. So we got 15K off right off the bat. So that was a win. And um, yeah, because we do live in flips, because we're those crazy people, you know, we're able to do a 5% down conventional loan, which is like a huge win. So, and I think our interest rate was like the low threes. So we, um, we bought that. And basically in the same week that we bought that, we had to vacate the other property that we had just finished our pink door cottage project and have, um, renters move into that as a furnished rental and move into this new one and immediately demo the kitchen because again, it was horrendous and didn't need to have any longer of a lifespan. (laughs) So, you know, we like, thank you. kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was done. And so we started demoing like that night. And so uh, the kitchen was our biggest transformation in that house. We did other things, you know, like it had a green, um, like quartz or maybe granite uh, fireplace surround. And of course we did that with quartzite instead and rebuilt above the mantle and did a really beautiful design. And uh, we changed out the powder room um, and we did a lot of like work on like the balusters and the stairwell and repainted the entire house And the exterior, we repainted all the exterior trim. Our go-to color is pure white. So we just used that in as many places as we could. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it was a big project, but not our biggest, but it probably had one of the biggest returns in a shorter period of time that we've seen. Um, Okay. So you paid $385 for it. How much did you end up putting into the renovation? We put about $40,000. Okay. Most of that was the kitchen and and with the kitchen, of course, you know, plumbing and electrical work, we reconfigured the kitchen and, you know, gas range instead of electric and choosing to do a pot filler and those sort of things that all add up. But honestly, this one was, it felt at times more like a cosmetic flip in the sense, other than the kitchen, we very much, and I think every house, right. has kind of an identity and you can definitely like tweak the identity, but sometimes like you can't, the core cannot be transformed completely. So this was a very traditional home. Um, it's not, it's not our normal style, but we had to kind of pay homage to it. So, um, yeah, I mean, 40 K doesn't sound like a lot, um, but it really did transform it enough, uh, to give that wow factor that we were looking for to put it back on the market. That's super impressive that you could do that with 40 K like really that's super impressive. Okay. So the 385, 40 grand into it for the renovation and how long did you well, when did you guys close on the sale of that? Uh, so we purchased it in August of 2020 and we sold it in August of 2021. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And what did you guys end up profiting on that? 165,000. Bananas. It is. We never expected it. You know, we bought this house thinking it was going to be a long-term hold for a rental that maybe we'd get 4,000 a month for. And, um, just seeing what the market, you know, mm-hmm. did. And that's why I think it's so important for us all to stay on the pulse of what our local market is. Cause it can change day to day. It can change yes. week to week. And you just got to see, because sometimes you buy a property and you have one intention for it and then, you know, the market changes and you have to be able to pivot. And so in this sense, we actually like really made out a whole lot better than we ever expected. And so we're so thankful for that. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. And it's, first of all, it's great to have, it's, it's a good problem to have if you have multiple exit strategies that you can use, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's a great problem. Definitely. Um, so the fact that you were able to, yes, monitor the data. Oh my gosh. If we're not watching our local markets, like we're speculating, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that you were watching and you knew, yeah, this is, we need to sell this. Like this is, we rode this pony. Um, as far as it's going to take us and we can't like, we can't take us any farther holding this as right. Yeah. And I would say too, like, as you're seeing other houses in your neighborhood, go on the market, you know, let them creep up a little bit more, like let them sort of prolong, you know, we initially thought we wanted to get this on the market in June, July. We kind of waited till mid July, actually beginning of August. And that really served us because that actually probably got us another 20, 30 K in profit just by waiting a little bit, which I know there's risk and reward with that. Um, but that definitely served in our favor. Yeah. And you were watching. So it's not, yes. you weren't necessarily guessing you were making decisions based on what you were seeing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. So smart. Okay. So that's huge. Do you, this is a more personal question, okay. like big profits like that. How does that, how does that feel to you? Like, do you ever feel a little bit like, oh gosh, it's like hard to even say that number because it's so crazy. I mean. I never expected to be able to make that much in a year on, on one thing, right? I mean, we all work on many things throughout the year and, and hopefully cumulatively, well, hopefully we're making six figures or whatever your number is. And we all have different numbers. Right. Um, but for me to be able to run that net sheet on myself and be like, hot damn, like that's, that's good. Like, I'm proud of that. It definitely fuels the fire too, to be like, all right, let's do this again. You know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like, okay. I just proved to myself that I can do this and let's yeah. keep that going. Awesome. All right. So that's the hidden garden house, right? Yeah. Okay. So while you're flip, while you're renovating that house, while you're living in that house, you bought another house. And Mm -hmm. what was the intention of that house going to be? So I think one thing, I don't think we're alone in this, but like when you get in this business, you're like, oh yeah, you know, like I'll be ready for something. Like once I have the proceeds, right. From hidden garden house, then I'll be ready to reinvest and do something else. But no, no, that's not how the universe works. You know, uh, it was right after Christmas and this property came on the MLS and it had one photo and it was in a neighborhood that we'd been watching and it was, you know, had been tenant occupied for like 10 plus years, you know, seller will make no repairs. And, um, we were like, let's just go see it. We, you know, we went out the first day and it was horrible. I mean, it was like a foreclosure in our market. We don't really see properties in this bad of condition, mm. but it was disgusting. Um, oh, wow. so we were like, Hmm, really good neighborhood. Let's just throw a hat in the ring and see what happens. You know, like there were a ton of investors, like in a line waiting to see it. And, you know, we just kind of like sat in our car and we're kind of crunching numbers and we we're like, if we don't do it, we'll never know, you know, yeah. just, yeah. let's just see what happens. And uh, yeah, so we actually won out in a multiple offer and we only paid 1K over list price, uh, which shocked me. Okay. So you buy that house. What was your intention? The intention on that one was um, just get our hands on it, right? Like figure out the details later. Because sometimes you just know something's a really good deal and you're like, you know what, whether it's a rental for us as a buy and hold, uh, or if we decide to move in here. Uh, you know, we'll make it work. We just can't pass up this opportunity. So um, I think by that point, you know, we were five months into owning the hidden garden house and we were realizing maybe this would be better, um, you know, as a flip 
long-term flip, you know, uh, versus a buy and hold Mm long-term. So I think for us, we were initially thinking, let's just get it. And then we were like, actually, this could be a good next house for us. And see, like, that's just another thing. And you mentioned earlier that you got it on the MLS and Mm-hmm. how that's unusual. And I think it's unusual because people aren't comfortable with their market data. Like if you know your market, you know a good deal and you yeah. can act quickly. And the, it's the hard part is getting beginners to act quickly and to just jump. Like the MLS is full of deals. Like so many of these conversations that I have with you guys, it's, oh, found it on the MLS, found it on the MLS. And it's like, wow. So yes, there are deals on the MLS. You just have to act quickly. And that's yes. where understanding your market and really knowing your market data, that's that's the whole point. Make you feel confident. So, okay. So you jump on it in, in January and do you start renovating it pretty soon after? It was so disgusting inside. We had to just start demoing. So, um, yeah, we got the dumpsters and and started. So it's actually considered a condo, but it's a two-story townhome. So, you know, there's only so much we can do to the exterior. We can only work in the interior. So yes, our goal was just to get out as much as we get out as much funk as we could and uh, be able to start with a fresh slate. And I tend to have like visions that come to me with all our projects. And so as soon as I could get in there and not be uh, only in there for like five minutes because of the smell, then I could really let it come to life in my head and start to get these visions of ideas for design and such. So, so yes, we're doing the tandem projects of finishing up the hidden garden house. And thankfully by that point, the kitchen was done, but we were working on all the other smaller projects to then be able to pivot over and kind of be project managing both property or both properties at the same time um, with our trades guys to, to get the uh, naughty by the lake house up and running. I didn't realize it was a townhouse. Did we see exterior pictures? I can't recall. No, no. Oh, okay. The interior does not look townhousey to like, that's not the townhouses around here at all. (laughs) Well, and again, it did not look like that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that's all you like. It's stunning. It's it's truly stunning. Okay. So what did you guys end up? How much money did you end up putting into the renovation of that one? So we've put about 70 K in and that's without doing the backyard yet because we do actually have a backyard, even though it's a townhome and it's fully fenced privacy. It's really nice. It looks like the Sahara right now, but it will be beautiful when we can work on it. (laughs) Yeah. So we're getting there. The 70 K so far. What did you end up paying for it? We paid 215. Okay. And I ran comps um, before this podcast and, you know, we'd be able to sell it you know, today for 400. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to hang on to it. You're moving into this one. You're, yes. you, have you left? Oh, you did because you closed on the other one in August, right? Yes. Okay. So we've been in there for about three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love moving. I love, oh, being, yeah. I love being in new spaces. I, I love it so much. And so when that, and I just haven't been able to, it's hard. My son does not like moving. He does not like mm. change. And so it's like, oh man, but I just want to move. Like I'll see a house. I'm like, oh my God, I got me this so awesome. Let's move. No. Yes. So I'm going to live vicariously through you. I'm totally okay. That works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the plan is to live in this one for a year. For at least a year. Yes. And of course the moment well, actually we've never stopped looking for the next deal either. So, yeah. you know, we'll see kind of what happens, but what we're seeing is that, you know, it takes like us 
typically, you know, four to six months to finish a property. Like we'll turn, so we work with investors also and design their projects and turn those for them. And most times we can finish those in three to four weeks. Sure. But again, the, the level of detail and care that we're putting into the ones that we're doing, which are yeah. usually a little bit higher price point yeah. when they're all said and done with what they'll appraise for, definitely take a little bit longer. And, you know, you sometimes choose different uh, vendors and tradesmen and tradeswomen yes. for different projects. Yeah. And so the people that we keep on for our personal projects sometimes are a little bit harder to get on the schedule quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're, when you are living in a space, you, it's not that you don't renovate a uh, flip and sell to the same level, but when you're living in the space and you're in, you're thinking about it in that sense, and you are taking a little bit longer, it like gives more time for more ideas and more things to flourish, I think. And more, Oh, we should uh, now we can do this. And now we can do that. Totally. Uh-huh. It's like a layering effect. You know, yeah. you start kind of layering in the ideas, the initial thoughts kind of are like part one. And then yeah. you get to part two, three, four before you get to the final version. Yeah. Right. And it's so, it's such a fluid process because y- you can do one thing and think it's going to have whatever effect and you do it and you're like, oh man, well now that kind of changes what I want to do over here. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I love all of that part of it. Um, is the design piece your favorite part? It totally is. I mean, I, it's been interesting for me because I don't have any formal training in design. I don't uh-huh. have a background in any of that. You know, I've taken, you know, a staging training, you know, 10 plus years ago now, and it was more on the business side versus the design side. And so this all just, it's sort of cool to see this evolution of myself too, of like, I can come up with these things, you know, certainly you still reference Pinterest, right. And like other things, like I'm not saying that I'm the almighty designer, right. <laughs> Um, but I can take ideas yeah. and then kind of translate them or morph them into what we want. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really fortunate to be with a partner who um, can bring a lot of my ideas to life and yeah. we can, you know, come together and be like, all right, let's like sketch out like that fireplace in this most recent project. Like that was a monstrosity that took up way too much space and was horrible. And we just sort of started sketching on a cardboard and came up with this great idea and he was able to bring it to life, you know? So awesome. So yeah, that's definitely like our secret sauce too, is being able to yeah. do those things. Is your partner's name, is it Marty? It is, yeah. Is that right? Okay. Um, what's his role? He's the he's the bringer to lifer? He is. So he's a great project manager. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we're in the South, right? So like there is still some of that stigma of like the guys can get things done and the girls you know, I'm from the North. And so sometimes I'm, you know, a little too direct. I've learned um, (laughs) here in the South, but we're still working on, you know, working that that out. But yeah, so Marty is excellent at project management. He, he does all our mill work. So any of the mill work that you see in our projects, that's all him. You see a fireplace redesign. That's all him. He installs all our kitchen cabinetry, Um, he, you know, so he can do a lot of like finished stuff for us. And then he just works so well with our vendors. They all really like him. They like me too. Right. But like, he's more easygoing to work with. And I'm more like demanding (laughs) and like, no, really, when are you going to be done with this? Like, I don't not like in a few weeks, like I need it now. Right. It's a good balance. It's a good balance. (laughs) It's a good yin and yang. So yes he runs our property management company. And so when we do have projects that go into the portfolio, then he's the manager for that. Okay. Got it. Um, how many properties are, are you guys managing in your property management company or how many doors? 30 doors. And so we really focus on, um, 
mostly long-term rentals, but mostly like high-end. And when I say high-end, I don't mean they have to be million-dollar houses. They can be a 200K house that we then improve. Um, but all our rentals right now are anywhere from 2000 to 4000 per month. And that's our sweet spot. Awesome. Is there a certain number of doors you want to be managing? Are you trying to like grow that? You know, sometimes like society tells us we have to keep growing and growing and growing when sometimes we're okay with where things are and we feel really good because the more we grow, right? Oftentimes that means more of our time is taken. Oh, absolutely. Uh huh. Yeah. So, do you guys have a certain number of doors you're trying to stay under? Or, I mean, I think for us initially it was doors, you know, let, let's grow to 50, right? Right. But I think one thing we've really learned this past year is like cash flow is king from working with our own investors, you know, and, and cash flowing. So all of our investors, if they work with us to acquire property and then improve it and then put it out on the rental market, everybody's cash flowing 500 to a thousand dollars per month. That's, that's sort amazing. of the minimum. Yeah. So that's kind of what we focus on. And then with our own properties, I mean, I would rather have one or, you know, call it five properties we own that are cash flowing, let's call it accumulative. I don't know. 10,000 a month than have, you know, 10 doors each bringing me, you know, a thousand a month. I'm much more, I don't really care about the number. I care about the quality and the quality translates for me into cash flow a lot of times. Same. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. I, in all of my businesses, I try to be very lean. Mm-hmm. I, I try to be as lean as possible. Yeah. Um, in, in order to generate whatever revenue. So lean feels good to me. And that's kind of what I'm hearing from you too. It totally is. And I think a lot of people will fault you and say, well, gosh, you should have an admin and you should have all these things and you should have that. Da, 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 da. And it's just like, at the end of the day, like if you don't mind doing some of these things, I totally get leverage. Right. And I'm Great. not opposed to leverage yep. and there's a time and a place for it. But at the same time, I think you have to know what your business is doing and know all the facets of it yeah. and kind of wrap your arms around it. Yeah. And I, I too, hundred percent would rather be lean. Um, and I also think it also keeps you real with yourself, right? Because I think when you build something so big that needs so many additional players, you can sometimes almost feel like it's it's less of your identity anymore. And it, you know, been there, done that, right? And, mm-hmm. and don't want to do that anymore. So absolutely keeping lean uh, mm-hmm. is, is super crucial. And I'd say we apply that also to our renovations because we very much like, I'm that person who will shop at like the clearance or the discount mm-hmm. or the open box or whatever. And so that helps us be able to do these really great designs uh, and finishes, but maybe not cost as much as it normally would. They go hand in hand. I totally agree. Um Okay. So naughty by the lake is currently like around valued at like 400 K. Yes. You're going to hold on to that for a year ish. At least. Depending. Yeah. 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 And you're currently looking for another one. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. We are. We'd like to get into the short-term rental game in a certain, in a couple of different markets, just just because, but mm-hmm. definitely, um, you know, where we are, there's so many HOAs that restrict, um, mm-hmm rental usage. And so even if we can find some more midterm rentals around here, that's sort of the goal mm-hmm. and long-term holds, but I'm sure you're like me and you, you prefer midterm over long-term because of the cash flow. Oh, absolutely. Right. If you have yeah. a property and you can generate more cash flow from it, doing one thing mm-hmm. again, it's yeah. Generating cash flow. Okay. So tell me, I want I'm curious about how you work, how you guys work as a real estate brokerage, how you guys work with investors. Yeah. Because it sounds like you're doing some really cool stuff over there for people. We're trying. I mean, you know, it's, it's been an interesting journey. You know, we've 
probably been focused on investors really started about three years ago and really finding that majority of our business now is right. So we still do residential, you know, traditional, um, brokerage. But what we've found is that by helping the public get educated, like our current client base or, um, other agents, clients who work in our firm, like there's money that everybody, a lot of people have who work Mm -hmm. in, you know, corporate America, for example, in 401ks or whatever it might be where, it's untapped and they have an opportunity to use it, but they don't know how to use it. And so we, most of our investors, they own one to five properties. So usually they start out and they only have one or zero, and then we help them acquire that one. And then that kind of starts a snowball effect. And so helping them just a general education, um, but then also being able to be project managers and be able to handle all of that because so many of them are so interested in getting into real estate, but they still want to be hands-off. They don't want to be any portion other than the money person, right? They don't want to be slinging a hammer. Thank you. It does exist, people. It does exist. People have money and they want to be in real estate, but they don't want to do any, they don't want to do any of the things. They just want to give the money to the person. Yeah. And that's the norm of what we find. Yes. Yes. It might, like we just finished one. We helped uh, an investor. He's 27 years old, buy his first one. His family is a uh, VIP clients of ours that we've worked with many times. And uh, he, we sought out a property. We turned it in three weeks, put a renter in there. Um, he's cash flowing really well. And, but his mom wanted to be part of the rehab. And so she got involved and she got to do it, but he very much was like completely hands-off to the point where we were like, are you really certain you don't want any hands in this? And he's like, no, none. Like I'll just be the money guy. And all future flips, I will only be the money guy, whether it's a buy and hold or a flip. And we're like, okay. Right. So yeah, they totally do exist. And I would say that's the majority is if they have the money, they don't necessarily want, they want to keep their regular job and just do that and be able to give you this money to manage and do with and right. uh, give them great returns. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you guys end up managing all of those typically? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the caveat, right? We've found that if people buy properties with other real estate brokers who don't look at it the same way as we do sure. can often backfire. And sometimes those properties come into our portfolio and then we sort of have to uh, reevaluate the property and, and really kind of um, rebrand it, if you will, to be able to market it for the high dollar that we do. Yes. Uh, we don't, we don't put our rentals on the MLS because the prices that we're asking are ridiculously different than what you'd see on the MLS, Yeah, but we are able to attract, you know, a luxury uh, tenant, right? People who are able to pay this type of money. They want a really nice place to live. And so, you know, oftentimes I'll be showing a property and uh, they'll visit ours first because we're super responsive and we get in there and show it super fast. And we'll be standing there and they're going to be like, well, why is your house a thousand dollars more per month than the neighbor down the street that I'm going to go look at after this? (laughs) I was like, well, go down the street and then get back with me. Yeah. And they always do. If they can afford the price, they will come back because the level of luxury living that we give them as a tenant far surpasses any of our competition. Yeah, absolutely. Go look at that and then give me a call and answer your own question and we can go from there. Yeah. You got it. Um, Okay. So are you managing the renovation and picking out all the pieces and then like picking out the furnishings as well? Mm -hmm. Are these typically for your property management clients are the properties typically midterm rentals or short-term rentals or long-term or what are you seeing? Most of them are long-term rentals. However, like this week, we just finished um, a midterm rental. We have investors who they're on with their third house, um, two of which they've purchased with us. And they bought a two-bedroom, two-bath waterfront condo. And uh, 
it could have been rented as a long-term, but we saw a value in a midterm. And so we were able to offer it as the 90 day furnished rental. And so, you know, we have a warehouse because again, I used to do staging. So we used to be able to, you know, uh, furnish about six houses at a time. And through COVID, we ended up selling off some stuff, but I still have just as much. It seems there's no difference. There's no dent in the warehouse. (laughs) I don't know how that math works, but I understand it. (laughs) But I still would receive boxes at my house just happening from Wayfair, right? They would just (laughs) continue to appear. That's that's my issue. Right. Um, So yeah, we furnished it and um, we were able to make it a win-win-win, right? So our, our investor now has a tenant in there paying a supreme price, a property management company is getting paid and our uh, staging and design company is getting paid uh, for the rental of the furnishings every month. So we, I love that we're able to give people this diverse, we can kind of like tailor it to whatever they want, right? Yeah. Or tailor it to whatever they need because we have this uh, vast array of services that we can provide yep. and not everybody needs every service and that's okay. But when they do, you know, we're able to pivot and kind of shift and, and provide whatever's needed. Yeah. So I love what you're doing. I love all of the different things that you're, all of the business pieces and how they all fit together. It's super smart. Like you're just super smart about it all. Thank you. Let's see. Did we leave anything out? Was there something you wanted to touch on that we didn't? I think sometimes we get in our own way. And I think we just have to kind of embrace the idea of like, we can do this. And I think you just have to be okay with like starting small. And I think also like getting uncomfortable for a little bit. I think a lot of people, don't want the discomfort, but the amount of financial gain and opportunity that can come from that, like you've got to start somewhere. And I think also when it comes to like financing for investments and such, like you've got to start building your portfolio and your portfolio can include a house that you're living in, Mm -hmm. you know, or that, you know, multiple houses that you've lived in. And so you just have to start somewhere. And I, you know, we work with so many people who, you know, they're all looking for that forever perfect house. Mm. You can make any house really great. Right. Right. I don't, I don't believe there's any perfect house and and maybe I'm a cynical realtor, but (laughs) I just don't think they exist. And so I'm very much, you know, I think that we have to be able to help people articulate vision or see vision. Um, and I think that that's a lot of my job too, um, when I'm out there with clients. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you just have to dig in and like figure out a way. I mean, I sat on the sidelines for many years Mm -hmm. thinking that I couldn't do this and that I didn't have the skill set. And yeah, I'm not the one that's, you know, slinging the hammer on these projects or, you know, doing the heavy lifting, but I'm the one sourcing everything. And, and I think that's so let me back up. I think that that's the other piece is like you build a team around you and that team takes different identities for every person. So yeah. my, my team structure may look very different than yours and very, very different than someone else. And you figure out what your strengths are. And once you figure it out, you know, for me, it's sourcing and it's design. And if somebody else can bring it to life, then that's, then I've done my job, right? Or if I've found materials for a better price than if we had just used the bidding system at whatever big box store or whatever it was. And um, yeah, I just think we have to remember, we don't have to be a jack of all trades and, you know, whatever our strength is, like we need to own that strength and then find people to fill in the gaps. Amen. Like I want to put that on repeat. I'm just going to loop that over and over for five minutes because- okay. Especially as women, we feel the need to wear all the hats, do all the things, be all the people. And that slows us down. Oh, yeah. We aren't meant to do all the things. We have our zones of genius and we get to let other people shine in their zones of genius. Like, it's awesome. And you're so much happier too, right? Like, when you don't have to gripe and be like, oh my gosh, I've got to figure out how to do this and I don't like this. Like, no, no, no. 
Like, what do you enjoy doing and find a way to be able to spend your time doing those things? Exactly. 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 Amen. I love that. That and just starting like those two things, build your team and then just start. Like those are two really, really important messages. So definitely. You're awesome. I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation and I'm so glad that you are in our community and we love your designs. We love everything you're up to. So keep sharing. I will letting uh, keep taking us on that journey with you. (laughs) I need to get better about that, but I will. And I'm so happy to be here. I mean, I can't even remember honestly how we first got connected now, you know, how that all started, but I am so appreciative for the opportunity and to have found this tribe that's so encouraging and supporting of each other. And, um, you know, Debbie, you're just a rock star. So I'm, I'm super happy to be here. Hope to be here for a long time and just continue the journey. I appreciate it. I think you're awesome. And honestly, I think I want to invest there. So we'll be talking. Chat. <laughs> right. uh, thanks so much for your time, Amy. I know you're busy. You're welcome. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. See you in the group. Bye. Bye. Loved it. Love that conversation with you, Amy. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for sharing your story. It's going to inspire people to go take action. So yay. Awesome. All right. And here's the thing. You don't have to figure all of this out on your own, okay? While obviously we show you the steps, we tell you the exact steps to take, those aren't what is missing. If you aren't doing the thing you want to be doing, if you aren't out there flipping houses, it's not because you don't know the steps, all right? That's not the only thing missing. You're missing support. You're missing a team behind you telling you, yes, you can, when you have a hard day or when a challenge comes up or you hear no or a rejection or whatever. The support is what gets people to the finish line. It's not just the step-by-step processes, although those are important and we can help you save a lot of money and a lot of mistakes. That's not the only thing. All right. We're here to help. We have done this many times. It's our specialty and we love it. So go to herfirstflip.com, schedule a call with us, and let's see if we're a fit. We are ready to go now. Are you? All right. Herfirstflip.com. Okay, you guys. Until next time, go out there, flip houses like a girl, lead people in places better than you find them, and make it a great day. Bye, y'all.